Welcome to our podcast series, Talking with Traders, hosted by expert trader Garth McKenzie in London, from where he's interviewing various guests on the topic of trading. My name is Garth McKenzie. I've been trading since the age of 16. I headed up the retail derivatives desk for a large stockbroking firm in South Africa from 2003 until 2009. After that, I left the corporate world and I started traderscorner.co.za, an online service that caters to DIY traders providing analysis and trader education. I also ran the Traders Corner TV show on Business Day TV for over 10 years from 2009 to 2019. I've recently relocated to the UK and I trade both the South African and the offshore markets. Through this series, we hope to connect traders with other traders across the globe to share information, tips, and general advice on derivatives trading. The podcast series is brought to you by IG, a world-leading CFD provider. On to today's episode. Joining me on today's podcast is Mark van der Beel, who goes under the name Real Chartist. He's a trader of the top 40, the Aussie 40 futures. He's based down in Cape Town and uh, has a lot of interesting stories to tell. Mark, it's really fantastic to talk to you today. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast. It's a pleasure, Garth. Nice to be with you. Yeah, excellent. I'm really glad. It's been a long time since we've spoken, so it's nice to yeah. catch up in this format. Um, <laughs> as we were speaking but just before we went uh, onto the recording, you know, this is just an informal chat and it's a, a, a podcast that's really just to learn a little bit about you and about the way you trade and your history in the markets and how you view things. So you know, I'll, I'll kick it off with a couple of questions and then we can just have a conversation really. Yeah, sure. um, first question is, Mark, when did you start trading? What got you interested in the markets from the beginning? Um, all right. Uh, when I was at school, um, we entered a, uh, a share um, buying or a share trading competition. It was a very, very simple competition. And I remember we bought three of us in a group. Uh, I think it was run at the, with the Argus that time. I'm, I'm, my memory is not that, uh, that clear about it. But I remember us um, entering and then just buying um, some shares and not doing anything about it afterwards and end, ended up winning the competition. <laughs> so it's only when we got the got the notification that we'd won the competition that I realized that okay there was actually something you know in this that, that and that sort of uh, piqued my interest and I'd been buying and selling you know as a as a hobby um sort of all through all through my life but um when I really started um trading was when um about I would say 15, 20 years ago. So it's difficult to, to determine exactly when I started trading because I, um, I got into it, uh, I scaled into it, which is something that I can really recommend to anybody. You know, a lot of people um, come to me and say, oh, I want to start trading. I was very, very lucky in that um, the company that I was involved with, um, we were in the exhibition space and uh, our competitor in the UK bought us out. And one of the uh, um, conditions of the buyout was that we, I would stay on as a director, but would gradually scale out. In other words, work uh, four days a week for a certain period of time and then work three days for a period of time. So in that time that I had free, I was able to trade. So I didn't become a full-time trader straight away. And I, I really, this is one thing that I recommend to people is, um, you know, don't just give up your day job. 
um, if you know what I mean. That yeah. that, that uh, have something in the background there um, and have some capital as well. So I would say um, 20 years ago, uh, scaling out period was about a year or so. Um, really full time having to, you know, put bread and butter on the table was 15 years ago. That's how right. I've been trading. Very, yeah. very interesting. And yeah, yeah, and I mean that's such a such good advice. It's what I also give to a lot of people is to say, you know, don't if you can't make it as a part-time trader, don't think you're just suddenly going to make it when you become a full-time trader if you haven't gotten that the, a little bit of track record behind you. So I think that's very, very helpful advice. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 the point you also make about um, having capital is such an important point as well. You know, I've always taken the view that you need to treat trading like a business and like in any business, you need to be adequately capitalized if you're going to have a fighting chance of doing it yeah. successfully. Well, well, what I've learned over the years and, and in speaking to people and, and interacting with people is that I maintain that you need to have um, three lots of capital. If, if, you, if you're going to trade, um, you need to have all your debts and stuff and things like that paid off. You know, don't, don't trade with money that you, that you can't afford to trade with. But then if you have capital to trade with, break it up in three bits. Because the, f th the first bit you're going to just lose completely, the second bit you're going to lose slowly, and the third bit you know you're going to hopefully make a success of. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got three hundred thousand rand, for instance, mm. the first trade with a hundred thousand rand, you're probably going to you know you'll make some money. Uh, if you're extremely lucky, you know you'll, you'll you'll make a lot of money and you'll go on to great things. But more than likely, you know. 95% of the time, you're going to lose all that 100,000 Rand. Yeah. Then you're going to go on to the next 100,000. You're going to battle a bit. It'll take you a longer time to lose that. And then, uh, uh, you know, uh, eventually, hopefully by that time, you'll learn, have learned your lesson by the, the third 300, by the third 100,000 Rand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, sounds, it sounds bleak, but that's the. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's the advice. Well, absolutely. Look, and I, I mean, I, I also, having been in the broking world and traded for half of my life, I can definitely uh, agree with you on that. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the statistics don't um, stack up very well in terms of the, the, the success level of people who try and do yeah. this for a living. Uh, there's a very what I'm saying is, thin yeah. edge of the wedge that makes it. Yeah, what I'm saying is don't don't take all your capital and trade with it immediately. You know, have some for whatever's going to happen. The, the market conditions of the last couple of uh, weeks have just shown, you know, that it's like there are people that have been wiped out, people that have been trading for a very long time um, who never thought this thing would happen. You know, the black swan comes and takes a crap on your, uh, <laughs> on you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're right. I mean, this, this market crash that we've lived through now, this coronavirus, the beginning of 2020 is something that none of us have ever seen the speed of this crash. And you're right. I mean, it's it, unfortunately it's destroyed a lot of people. Um, if we go back to your early days as a trader, I mean, what was it like? We, you, you mentioned that you scaled in and that, it, uh, and, and that you gradually took it up and ultimately became a full-time trader over a period of time. But were you, you, know, were you successful generally from the outset or did you, did you blow up an account or two in the beginning as so many of us do in the beginning? Or how did your, your early years work out for you, Mark? Um. You see, what, what tends to happen is that you have great success initially. And um, I, was, um, I was playing around with a small amount of money. So it was okay that, that, that I blew up an account or two. So yes, I did blow, blow up an account or two. And the, the problem is that, that traders go through periods. So the, initially, 
things happen very, very easily. Um, and it's almost like you have a, a situation where ignorance is, is, is bliss kind of thing. You don't overthink things. Um, you know, you enter trades easily and you make money easily. And you think that that is going to be like that for your trading career. Um, uh, we'll talk maybe a little bit later about the phases that you go through, but initially things happen very easily. Uh, you know, the market was also very different to what it, what it is now. Um, I think so, certainly the old Z that, that I trade. Um, but initially I had good success. You know, it, it, I, I just had, I, I felt like I had an affinity to the market. I felt like I was kind of, so initially, and, and that is not, is a good thing and a bad thing because you need the confidence, but then, uh, you know, uh, you also need to realize that that is something which necessarily can also or is not necessarily something that can carry on forever yeah yeah no absolutely that's right and um now just tell me you trade full-time for a living at the moment just trade do you have any other business interests or other sources of income from um out outside of trading or is it all just trading that you basically all just trading offer? All, all, just all just trading, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. That's that, I must say a huge amount of respect to you for that because I, I, I'm not at even that point in my own trading career. I still have things on the side, my website and Traders Corner subscribers and TV shows <laughs> and doing things like this podcast and what have you because I'm still at the point where I sort of I, I almost feel like I need that little bit of risk-free income just to pad me over um and and at some stage i suppose one day i'd really like to take on the trading completely full-time and then say well, well I, the, the just trade for a living but i know yeah. that it's that is a huge step to get to and uh, yeah. for a lot of people and uh so a huge amount of respect to you for doing that yeah. knowing that you, you but I, I think Garth, what's very important is also looking at different stages of life you know you've got i think you've got two kids and a wife and stuff like that so yes you know that is a massive responsibility <clears throat> mm. i would say if if you're a young guy starting out, you know, whatever, go for it. You know, you can, you can lose money and you can start again. Um, if you are, have responsibilities and you have people that you've got to look after, that's really when you can't play around with uh, uh, um, your future. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, if you get to me, to my stage where um, I'm later stage in life, um, I've kind of like, I've almost simplified my life. Um, I had a, a, a big house, big family home and, uh, you know, all the cars and stuff like that. I've now, I've, I've scaled down. Um, I'm 55. I'm kind of uh, more into, uh, you know, um, wanting to travel and to do stuff like that. So it's about stage of life stuff and be very sure where you are in, in terms of stage of life. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. And and the point about you know, having kids and a family and what have you, it is. I mean, I've, I've certainly found in my own trading over the years that um, when I was younger and I didn't have kids and a family, my appetite for risk was greater and uh, and trading seemed easier then. And I think it was very much a psychological thing. And I've, I've found um, over the years since the kids have come along and the wife and the associated extra uh, commitments, financial commitments that come with that. It has definitely changed my psychology in terms of risk taking and my approach to the market. So I think you're right. And I think it, it's a great point that you make about, you know, looking at your stage of life and also then something you mentioned earlier in the conversation about making sure your debts are paid off and that you've got money that you can afford to trade with. Um, because exactly. I think it's, it's very important not to trade with scared money because I think the moment you're trading with scared money, then you, your, your psychological approach to that just changes completely. And it's Absolutely. very difficult to, it's difficult it, to do the right things when you're trading yeah. with scared money. 
and you can't explain that to anybody. You know, you can't. Uh, it's only when you're doing it that 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 you that you know and you get the feeling of how you relate to risk. Because I think what people don't realize, um, and it's something I thought about when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about before this interview, is what do we really get paid for when we make money trading? So uh, guys think, well, you know, you get paid because you, you, you're smart and, and you're able to work out what the direction of the market is. You're able to analyze charts, um, all those kinds of things. But what you're really getting paid for is taking risk. Okay, that is really what you're getting paid for. And if you don't take risks, you're not going to make money. Mm. Okay. And if you, if you are scared um, and can't take risk or taking risk for the wrong reasons, that is going to be uh, when you have the uh, the stuff ups happening. Yeah, no, absolutely right. You can't trade with scared money. Yeah. And just in terms of that, I mean, talking about um, being willing to take risk, uh, that is, as you say, it's what we do as traders. You, you, you yeah. take a view, you look at the market, you say, well, is it going up or down? And how much am I willing to lose to find out whether I'm actually right with my view or wrong? That's now, right. when, it, when it comes to that, uh, what what sort of percentage of your capital do you allow yourself to risk when you when you take on a trade? Um, if I have to be honest, most probably consistently too, more than I should. Okay. <laughs> this is something that tra- this is something that traders do all the time. Um, uh, but you know, my my risk window is is daily. So I'm a day trader. Mm. So when I find that I really make uh, a mistake and I think this is something that, that uh, when you speak to other traders as well, the, the things that you really need to talk because everybody will boast about how much money they can make and all, uh, you know, the, 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 the great trades that they've put on or whatever, what you really need to talk to people about is the mistakes they make. Um, and it's, it's uh, when you've, uh, taken on that added risk and you made the mistake that other people actually learn. And the biggest mistakes I've made is with overnight trades. When you, when you've broken those parameters, when you've broken your rules, when you've had something that's, that you're not, that you, that you are not under your control, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you trade the top 40. So, I mean, I also trade the top 40 future and I know that the, you know, that thing can gap up or down big time overnight sometimes. in the last in the last couple of weeks, we've seen uh, I think three thousand, two and a half thousand, three thousand point gap, and then it's not a gap that closes; it's a gap that extends. Yeah. It extends for, to four thousand points. I think we had four thousand points down in a day. Now you work out what <laughs> what that is. You know, on one contract, that's forty thousand rand. Yeah. If you're looking at the, the margin. Uh, was about it's now in, they've actually increased the margin because of uh, the volatility but i think the margin was the Aussie contract price was about 55000 let's call it 55000 mm-hmm. so you've lost if you if you were trading one contract you've lost 40000 that's what work it out uh, Seventy yeah, percent of your margin 80% exactly. of your margin yeah <laughs> it's a huge a huge chunk of the money yeah 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 uh, yeah and um, and you only trade the Aussie, right? You don't you don't trade stocks at all. Um, I do have one or two. Yeah, um, look, but no, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't say that that's trading. Okay, I I made a decision at the beginning to make this ultra ultra simple, and I don't want to have to to uh, decide deciding uh, what whether it's going up or down is hard enough. 
Um, so I don't even have to make the decision as to what I need to trade. All I need to decide is whether it's going up or down. Yeah. There have been times, to be honest, there have been times when the Aussie um, has had some volatility issues or liquidity issues. Let's rather put it like that. You know, um, the, the Aussie has changed its, uh, its nature quite a lot uh, recently because of the weighting of NASPARS um, and some of the um, dual listeds where it's really been difficult to determine um, what happens in a day because of the of the of the weighting of NASPAS, which which just drags the market along, and and sort of anchors it um, and doesn't allow the market to fluctuate and trade. You know, we need we need volatility and 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 the market to move as traders. But when we have something like a like a lead weight like the like NASPAS, um, that uh, is you know about thirty percent of the market then uh, it makes it difficult. So I have at, at times thought about trading other things, but I'm, I've stuck with the Aussie and now the volatility is great again. You know, it's, it's, it's the ATR is like at the moment, 2000 points. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. A, yeah. ATR for those listening to the podcast, I don't know what that stands for. It stands for average true range and it, it refers yeah. basically to the, um, yeah. the daily trading range over, over a period of time. You're listening to Talking With Traders, a podcast series brought to you by IG, a world-leading online trading and investment provider. If you haven't checked out the IG online trading platform, please do so and visit IG.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast series on your favorite podcast app or website by clicking on the subscribe button and you'll be notified weekly as we release new episodes. I think the normal range, the normal value is about 400, 500. Mm -hmm. So you've got a good movement there, you know. Um, uh, and if you're looking to make a couple of thousand rand a day, which is, I think, what people who have an income need to make, you know, that is a reasonable kind of um, value to be um, going for. Yeah, yeah. That that actually just makes me think. I mean, a lot of people ask me, they say, oh, well, how much money would I need to have in an account in order to uh, to make a living trading? And then I always yes. say, okay, well, it's, a, you know, first of all, you've got to have all the other things that you mentioned in place, no debt, low cost yes. of living, blah, blah, et cetera. Um, but yes. then, then you need to work it backwards and say, okay, well, let's say, how much money do you need to live per month? Then let's just take a, a figure, 50,000 Rand, for example. That's right. A lot yeah. of people might need more, but let's just use 50,000 Rand as an example. So that's a monthly yeah. figure that you need. So you need 600,000 Rand per year to live and bear in mind this is after tax money so right. the, the next question then is right how much percentage wise do you think you can make on an annualized basis and and whatever that number is let's just say you feel that you can make yourself 20 percent in a year um, yeah. if, if, if you're ambitious and that's a possible target then your six hundred thousand rand uh, means that you you would need um, what's that three million rand in a in a trading account that you would then need to be able to try and generate that 600,000 Rand annual, um, annual living cost. Um, yes. And of right. course, I mean, no, we're not even taking the tax considerations into account. So in fact, if you added the tax back onto that, then you'd probably need 5 million plus on the sort of the numbers that I'm talking about. So right. in, in that context, I mean, how, how do you view that? And, and from an annual you know, profitability perspective, what do you feel is reasonable and achievable on your... You see, uh, you see, Garth, I, I don't even want to tell you because um, it, it if I tell you what I really do, it's, it's going to create expectations. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, because I'm a day trader 
so I take my profits daily. Now, um, I would say with an account of half a million rand, you could have an income of, um, you know, 30, 40,000 rand a month fairly easily if you manage that risk very carefully. Yeah. But this is day trading. This is, you know, considering it is a job from nine to five um, and wanting to make, you know, uh, two or 3,000 rand a day, um, if, the, if that's your requirement to make. I would say that if, oh, okay, to answer your question directly, if you wanted to make two or 3,000 rand a day, I would say you needed 300,000 rands worth of trading capital as a day trader. Right. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. And and you you say you're a day trader. You don't hold any positions overnight. So it is very very different. I and try not to. <laughs> yeah. And and being a day trader also does allow you the ability to then obviously to take some um, additional leverage that you might not otherwise take as an overnight trader. I mean, on on an intraday basis, do you know sort of how much leverage you potentially have on at any given time as a maximum during the day? Um, well, I can work it out. So, um, a Aussie contract at the moment costs um, sixty-five thousand rand, and the Aussie is trading at the moment, as we speak, at forty thousand. Mm. Um, so, uh, at, at forty thousand, yeah. So that gives you an exposure to four hundred thousand rand. Okay, so work it out. So, mm. what is that? Um, it's a leverage of about eight, nine, eight yeah. or so, Thereabouts. something like that. Yes. Yeah. So that's my leverage. Okay. Okay. So you you yeah. you take your you basically go full margin on a um on on an Aussie trade. Then, if I'm understanding yeah, I don't, you correctly, I, yeah, I don't have a choice. If I'm trading an Aussie, that's that's the margin that I'm yeah. that I that I have. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And and you mentioned that your approach is really very simple. That you decide either the market's going up or the market's going down, and um and you try and keep it as simple as possible. I mean, are you in a position to share any just basic technicals that you use to guide you in terms of what makes your decisions, uh, in in that respect? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um. You know, I, I have a, a couple of setups and they change as the market changes. And this is a really important thing that I think uh, people need to know as well is that um, uh, we are taught as, as, as people to, um, to have perseverance and to stick with something. The market will teach you that you need to be very, very flexible in terms of your approach. So different market conditions call for different setups. So I've got a couple of setups like gap closes um, and um, uh, technical setups like terminating diagonals and things like that. One of the big things that I use is a terminating diagonal. So if I see a price move um, and it's a counter trend move, I, I, I tend to like those move, those kind of situations where you look for if the market is moving. Today, for instance, um, the Aussie traded up. It traded up about uh, – 600 700 points creating a terminating diagonal mm. now i'm able to because i'm technically fairly adept able to see the top of that sell short um and hope that we're going to come back down and it actually did come back down and gave all those 600 points back yes so it's a purely technical setup using using a you know a line on a five minute chart so i don't know if you're you know many of your uh, um, listeners wouldn't necessarily be doing that kind of thing but those are the kinds of things that I that I look up, and and I'm probably a bad example to look at as a trader because I enjoy those counter trend things, and I wouldn't recommend someone who's not 
um, uh, experience to be doing those kinds of things. Although, although I am with the trend because I shorted today, but that's the bigger trend, you know. Um, yes. Yeah, 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 and obviously, uh, right now as we speak, the bigger trend certainly is done, and it's interesting because I, I know exactly. I mean, I was watching the Aussie this morning, and I watched it, and I thought, well, if it breaks up above forty thousand five hundred, then it's probably going higher. And I didn't take the trade, but yeah. it, and, and later it did come right back down, as you said. And it's it, yeah. So it, it's, I, I shorted there at forty nine, forty thousand nine hundred, and we're now trading at forty thousand uh, two hundred and fifty. So that's my trade for the day. But I'm a bad example, you see, because I can live on that that little, well, it's not such a few points. It's like 800 points or 700 points or so. Uh, but that's me done for the day, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good day. And now you can yeah. go, go out and walk your dog, except you can't because we're all in lockdown at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I walk up and down the parking garage, which is quite nice. I've got an air bridge that goes over to the, the parking garage. So I'm actually getting more exercise than I did before because I'm going up and down the, <laughs> the, the parking garage. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, if you had to go back and look over the years, um, do you have in the, in your mind best trade and worst trade? Uh, and you I mean you don't have to talk figures, but yeah. do, do, are there certain trades that stand out for you as being your best and as and as your worst? Um, I don't really have uh, a best trade because I don't really enter you know long long term trade. So. If I went, look, had to think about a day, there's no particular day that's standing out, st stood out, except maybe in the 2007 kind of um, um, decline, uh, which I was also sometimes counter-trending. Some of those gaps were closing, and, and you would, would – I remember one day uh, trading, and it was a 1,500-point gap that just closed in the last sort of 10 minutes. So that was a great day for me. But as I say, I think it's more important to talk about the bad trades. Mm. So I always I always tell people about the pool trade, which okay. is quite interesting. interesting. I had yes, I had I had bought a house and I'd been in the house for about a year and I'd managed to buy the house cash, and uh, the house needed a pool. So um, um, I got the the pool guys in and they were busy in the garden and I remember being able to look out from my office um, at the progress of the of the. Uh, looking at looking at the progress of the pool and I thought to myself you know wouldn't it be great and I had a certain amount of money that I'd capital that I'd been playing with let's say it's it's 500,000 rand and I didn't want to necessarily dip into that that money to pay for the pool mm. okay and I thought okay maybe I could make um, uh, uh, the money for this pool within like a week or a particular uh, uh, period of time uh, I thought, wouldn't that be neat? Okay. So uh, I remember the market was very, very bullish at the time. And uh, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go a little bit extra today. You know, maybe we can make this bull trade. Well, market dropped. And then I doubled up. And then the next, more, next minute, the market dropped again. And I remember that pool cost me about three or four times what the pool should have cost me in the end. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that. And, you know, <laughs> it made me use the pool a lot, but I, I <laughs> that was the pool trade. Yeah. So if you're trying to get out of the market, if you're trying to, do, to impinge your own ideas or your own needs onto the market, you are going to get smacked. That's, I think, the really important thing that, that 
people need to realize. Yeah, that's right. And, and I also find that, that uh, materializing the losses is not always a good idea. You're realizing you know, how, many, how many swimming pools you could have bought or how many cars you could have bought. Yeah, you <laughs> need to move on. You, you, need, need, you need to move on. Yeah, you need yeah. To, to sort of see it as just figures. And yeah. the, fig, the figures are just exactly right. that. They're just figures. Don't, don't but, materialize but, them. But talking about things like that, on the, on the opposite, materializing your winnings is quite important, I've found. You know, when you are going through periods of, of making money, um, sometimes it can just be a figure in your account. Take some of the money. I found that this was very important. Take some of the money and treat yourself yeah. and materialize it. Yeah. Because, you know, um, it, it's, it, it's as you say, it's materializing it. Don't materialize the negative, materialize the positive. Yeah. Yeah. So reward yourself. No, I think that's right. Reward and, yourself. And, Absolutely. And, and yeah. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, I've certainly done that in the past um, yeah. with, it's, with, it's, with things and it does help to be able to then at least say, you know, you, that's a reward. It's like a little prize for doing good work and trading right. successfully. And that's something that's you can right. actually at least appreciate the, the hard yeah. slog that you go through. Yeah. 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 And um, we're running out of time now, Mark. So it's the time flies when you're having fun, as they say. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one more, one more quick question and then yeah. we'll wrap it up. But okay. if you, if, and you've kind of have answered it a little bit in the beginning, but I'm going to just bring it, talk about it again. If you had to, if somebody came to you, a young guy or young woman came and said, well, they're wanting to start trading and wanting to yeah. make it a, a career out of trading. If there was three pieces of advice or three, you know, most important bits of advice, what would you say those are? Okay. I would say one of the most important is, is make contact with other traders. Don't try and do this on your own. Um, and when I, when I say other traders, other traders that are really trading, you know, there are a lot of people that are, are going to offer you advice. There are a lot of people that are going to tell you things, but make sure that the people that you interact with are real traders who uh, make their bread and butter. If, 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 for instance, you want to be a day trader, speak to a real day trader who deals with the, the, the everyday ups and downs of the market and all the psychology around that. Mm. Um, uh, because what, what I found is that there are a lot of snake oil salesmen out there, people that will sell you the dream, you know, of sitting at the pool with a laptop and making them, that's not going to happen. No. That's not going to happen. Speak to people, stay in touch with them. Um, Trading is like nothing else that you'd ever do in life, okay? So you need to stay in touch with people, try and build a community around uh, your trading of people that are honest and are, you know, are, have everybody else's interests in, at heart. Mm. Um, and then I would say, you know, the other thing is manage risk and then manage yourself. Make sure that you don't trade when you're not well, make sure that you don't trade when you're going through periods of uh, other stress in your life. Because if, if the market is, is a wonderful thing, but it's also a really dangerous thing that can uh, grab hold of you and, and, uh, and, and uh, throw you out and mince meat on the other end. Um, mm. Yeah, that last piece of advice is good. I mean, I, I've certainly always subscribed to that myself and say, if you are going through a tough time in life, it's better to actually just step back and not trade because it's yeah. funny, but, but um, you know, things can manifest themselves in the way that you trade. 
Yeah. And, the, and you, you do need to be positive and have a you know strong positive outlook if you if you're wanting to try and do this successfully. And I, I also speak from experience. I mean, I had a, a very bad breakup with a girlfriend many years ago and continued to trade. And it was a, a really tough time in life. And actually, I traded terribly. I, I really lost money. And, and 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 I look back on it and I say to myself, you know, in in retrospect, I should not have traded during that time. I should have rather <laughs> just you know closed my screens off for two months dealt with my own psychological issues and then come back later with a better, That's better right. mind, my headspace. Quite you know, right. Yeah. 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 And I know I said last question, but I'm going to just sneak one more in. Do no, you, no. Do, do you read um, a lot of trading books or have you read a lot of trading books in your years? And yes, I have. I have, but yeah, and try, any favorites? Try, um, uh, the, um, I think, um, I forget his name now, but the guy with the bucket, the bucket list, the bucket, um, uh, the guy that lost all the money and shot, and, 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 and um, what is his name? Um, the, I, know, I don't know because there's so many. I've read a lot as well. I want to say, are you thinking of Marty Schwartz, the pit bull? No, um, it's, it's, the, it's the guy that um, talked about trading, you know, when, um, Mark Douglas trading in the zone. Okay, let's let's pick one. Mark Douglas, I suppose, yeah. was the one that's given me the best. The yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. Try and pick the pick. Try and pick the ones that don't um, talk about setups and the market specifics. Talk rather read the ones that are talking about uh, psychology, and it will take you through the phases that you will experience, or the kind of experience that you will have as a trader rather than the market specifics because there are 101 books that will give you the setups and all that kind of thing. You know, that's not the important thing. The important thing is to know yourself and to know what it is to take on risk. I think that's the important thing. Yeah. So it's the psychological aspect of trading yes. and, that, and, and that's, that's it. it. I mean, it's one of the common threads that come through all of these interviews that I'm doing with traders is that first of all, everyone talks about Mark Douglas and trading in the zone as being one of their yes. favorite books. And I yes. completely relate because that it is my favorite trading book as well. And I, I try yeah. and read it once a year, just because I think from a psychological perspective, that book nails it better than any other book that I've ever read. And I, I don't think there's one chart in that book at all it's exactly it's it's all yeah. about the psychology and managing your mind and your headspace and your expectations and all of that absolutely yeah um so yeah so it's it's interesting that that book does keep coming up again and again and and he does make the point in that book that you know trading is 20 percent method and 80 percent psychology Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. All right, Mark. Well, it's really been super speaking to you. I <laughs> okay. appreciate your time so much. It's, it's been a, a wonderful um, 30 minutes and I'm sure that the listeners to this podcast are going to be really delighted to hear all of the uh, information that you've imparted today. So thanks very much once again. Okay. God. Nice making contact again. All right. You keep you well. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of talking with traders brought to you by IG, a world-leading CFD provider. We really are privileged to have such a leader in the field of online trading involved in this series. Please follow us on Facebook and engage with us there. And a reminder to make sure you subscribe to the series by clicking the subscribe button on your favorite app. Till next time.